Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. Today, I'm speaking with Kristen Hart Bowers, and Kristen and I connected through Instagram. You left a really thoughtful comment on, well, several of my posts, but one of them, and it got me thinking, and I reached out to you after that, and we had a phone call, and I was just blown away hearing your story and your process of deciding to be child-free. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so, I cannot tell you how excited I am to share your story and share your process. I really think this is going to be so helpful for so many people. So thank you. And now I'll turn it over to you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am happy to be here, Anna. Thank you so much. My name is Kristen Hart Bowers. Um, If you want to find me on Instagram where Anna and I met, I'm at heartswell underscore stitch. uh, And I'm happy to talk to anyone about their child-free decision and journey if it would be helpful for them. So the reason that Anna and I connected is because she had provided a post about kind of knowing that you are child-free and how do you go from thinking that you are going to have a child at some point and then ultimately having, you know, having circumstances in your life get to the point where you realize you're not going to. And kind of walking through that process and making sure that we were including everyone in that community. Is that, does that kind of hit the nail on the head? Yeah. And I did speak from personal experience. So when we talked, what I had shared is uh, I always thought I would have kids. I have a very nurturing personality. In fact, I, at one point in my life, and I don't know if I shared this with you, Anna, I broke off an engagement previously because I couldn't see myself raising kids with the individual. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So my husband and I used to talk quite a bit about having a family and what ended up happening is over time, that decision just kind of shifted as we worked through our lives. So we met when we were in our late twenties, early thirties, um, and kind of thought, oh yeah, sure. Eventually. Um, but we got into a rhythm in our life and we ultimately decided to be child-free, which is how I connected with Anna, but, uh, it took a lot of work to get there. It kind of started with my husband's the one who was vocal about being child-free first. And I had to come along on that journey and I had to figure out where I stood. How long ago did this decision process happen? Yeah, it only happened a few months ago. So okay, it's relatively so re- new. Yeah, mm-hmm. you and I are kind of similar in that way. For me, I realized, oh, I've never actually wanted kids, but I made the concrete decision and then realized that. But your story is a little bit different. Can you tell us a bit about what led you to dive into this and what your process was? Yeah, Um. so I would imagine and there are probably a few listeners who feel similarly to how I did. I turned 36 just last month. Um, and they say that kind of 35 is that age range where like you become a high risk for having kids and you have to like right. really think about it. And I kind of always had this assumption and was raised in an environment where it was like, oh yeah, well, you'll do that later. 
you'll do that later. And then later just kept coming and coming. And I found that through the course of this year, you know, we had some time to ourselves compliments of uh, the lockdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And I had, had a number of friends who were having kids and it kind of ended up coming to a head for, um, for my husband and I in our relationship. And it was one of these things where he is so kind of to back up a little bit. Um, when I was in my mid twenties, I went to a specialist because I suffered with chronic, chronic tension headaches. Mm. And at the time that specialist told me, Hey, if you're ever thinking about having kids, you need to think about that now. Um, cause this could potentially be a problem for you. I just figured that was always something I deal with later. Well, I'll tell you here we are 10 years later and I still get tension headaches. It's a very real thing. We found ourselves in a position in life. We could either have kids or not. And I realized my husband had already made up his decision. And that kind of forced me to have to look at it. And I was getting a lot of familial pressure to have children because I think it's sort of that you're hit 30, hitting 35. Like, are you thinking about it? Are you not? What's going on? And my my parents really wanted to be grandparents uh, and, mm. and they are not yet. So that's been a challenge for them. I was getting a lot of external pressure that I was then turning around and putting into my relationship without really taking the time and space to think about what I really wanted. I have traditionally been a consummate people pleaser, which I know Anna, you and I have talked about and share that, that history. Yes. Um, that's what started me down my path of really intentionally looking at the decision. So it got to a point where it came to a head in my relationship and I really needed to step away and look at how I felt about the decision. So what I did is... Over the course of a three-day weekend, I started writing down every single little thought and assumption that came through my head that had to do with the decision to be child-free or pro-child. Kind of figure out where it all sat. And I didn't put any deeper thought into that, but for just writing it down as it came through my head to start. At the same time that I was doing that, I found a book that I really appreciated, which I know I've shared with a couple of um, fellow community members. It's called The Baby Decision, How to Make the Most Important Choice of Your Life. I may not get this perfectly right, but it's Merle Bombardieri is the author. And I did a little bit of research to try and find a book that talked about the baby decision uh, in a way that wasn't biased one way or the other. Mm. And ultimately this ended up being the book that I settled on. And it's a quasi uh, workbook style. Cool. So during that same week that our weekend that I was writing down just everything that came into my head, I decided to step away and spend some time just with myself going through the exercises in this book. And so I kind of did both of those concurrently. And that was hugely impactful for me. There are two particular elements that well, three particular elements that really resonated that I'm hoping may help uh, your listeners too. So the first thing I did was start to put together that list and I just added to it as the week went on. I also did an exercise that's recommended in the book um, where they, where essentially you sit in two different chairs and you mm -hmm. take yourself into the voice of both sides of the decision. What the author shared is she said, inevitably more often than not, uh, it just talk until one feels a need to talk over the other and then switch chairs and talk from that perspective. Um, inevitably one decision or the other will come out sort of as being your dominant decision through that yeah. process. And that was 
hugely impactful for me. I'm curious, imagining myself putting out the two chairs, getting ready for that exercise. I feel a little awkward about it. Was there any of that for you or was it easy for you to just get into the exercise? Did you work through anything? Yeah. So what I did actually, I did feel awkward. I went outside where I could be by myself. My husband was inside doing goodness knows what. I just wanted the space to be completely by myself and do this and set up two chairs outside. And I did switch between the two seats physically, but Uh rather than talk out loud, I wrote what came into my head from each argument. Um, I could see that being an easier way to, I love that. I could see myself doing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It helped me so much because it enabled me to go back to my thought process as well, because I find when I get into an emotional state about something, I oftentimes forget exactly what I was thinking. And so I was able to call back on that and really kind of put the intentionality in it rather than, I mean, there's obviously emotion in the decision period, but it enabled me to get outside of that to really what was at the heart of it for me. Wow. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I myself too can get very emotional and not remember what I said. So to have that emotion there, but playing it out as you're writing and capturing it, I think that's really cool and really powerful. So Mm -hmm. I love that you were able to put your own spin on it. And I think if I were to come across that exercise laid out verbally, I probably would shy away and never do it. But seeing it laid out the way you did it, that feels more accessible. Yeah. One of the tones that the author set early in the book, which really helped me a lot too, and continues to be a guiding force for me through this decision and bringing along family and friends and all of that, particularly because I do have that nurturing personality. So people are oftentimes shocked when I say, yeah, we're, we're not having kids is she said, either way, whatever your decision ends up being, you've done more than the, than 90% of people by intentionally even thinking about it. And that was hugely and continues to be hugely impactful for me. I think that is so on point. It is such an intentional choice. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you do by accident to decide to be child-free and to orient your life in that way. It takes planning and intention. And that's really cool that she put that up front in the book. I'm curious if we could get into your list of reasons that you wrote out. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. Absolutely. And the way that you did it, and you had this whole process of labeling and sorting through them and actually crunching numbers a little bit to get some data. Can you share all all of that? Absolutely. Um, So first time background, I um, started off my career as a process person. So I was a Sarbanes-Oxley auditor, which means I love controls and process and data (laughs) and all of that. I'm also very much a people person. So I work on the people side more now, um, but I I approach a lot of things with the process orientation. It just works really well for me to kind of help separate out kind of what's important to me. And in this case, it really helped me with that conversation that you and I were talking about earlier with regard to separating out what I really wanted. Right. Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing is, uh, I mentioned that I wrote uh, a list of things as I was going and it was all scattered throughout this notebook. 
I have to tell you, Anna, between doing this book and writing the notes, I had like 20 pages of stuff in my journal. (laughs) It was really crazy, (laughs) but uh, that's just the way my brain works and what I needed to really feel comfortable and confident moving forward. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up coming up with 46 different reasons that were pro-child and pro-child free. And I went back and codified those, as you mentioned, um, against two different elements. I, I codified them against whether the particular element was an internal driver or an external driver, and then whether it was pro having children or pro being child-free. So that's sort of the parameters that I looked at each of those elements on. I did not think about that process as I was writing the actual reasonings down. I just wanted to get that out of my head, not complicate it figure out kind of everything that was influencing where I had, where I started this process at. What I ended up finding by going through that process is that the majority of the reasoning behind being pro child or having a child was externally driven. Mm. Um, I want to say it was at like 65% to uh, 35. And then my child free choice was actually 75 to 25 internal. And that showed me um, that at the end of the day, when I look at what I really want and need, the decision to be child free was better for me. Wow. I mean, this is kind of mind blowing, right? Because you thought you wanted children. Your husband was decided child-free and you knew that you needed to figure out for yourself your own decision, which kicked all of this off. And so coming from that place of thinking you wanted kids and then listing out all these reasons, making them come to the surface, really digging for them bringing that awareness and then realizing after you codified them all that you were internally leaning towards a child-free life. I just like, that's just mind blowing. It's been um, incredibly affirming for me in the, it's been about six months since I went through this process and it's been incredibly affirming for me in the six months since I no longer have the mental cycling of Mm. do I, don't I, what's this going to do for my relationship? Part of the reason that I needed to step away and do this entirely by myself was because I had a lot of conflicting thoughts and feelings about like, what does this mean? Is my husband going to resent me if I kind of push him to have a child? Or if we don't, am I going to resent him? What's this going to be mean for my relationships with my family who really wants me to, my friends who are all starting to have kids, all of that good stuff, which I know yeah. um, your your community deals with a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I should say our community. I our feel very commu- much good. a part of the yes. community at this point. <laughs> our community, absolutely. <laughs> but that you've created, which I'm so thankful for. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful for everyone like yourself who is a part of it. It's been amazing. Something that you were just saying reminded me of when I went through your list there was something you had written. It was something about looking for a guarantee of making the right choice one way or or another. Does that Mm -hmm. ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. So how has that, can you talk about that? And, and also if it's shifted since making this decision. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that goes a lot to my general tendency to have been a people continue. Let's be honest, I continue to be a people pleaser. I try my best not to, but it still impacts me in a lot of other areas of my life. Um, But I think that's to that. I mean, you know, I was getting a lot of pushback about like, you would regret this decision. You know, this is just, you know, you're a nurturing person. I can't imagine you not being a mom, kind of all of those type, that type of feedback. Um, And I, I had some serious concerns about if I didn't, would, if I did, would that be the right choice for my relationship in my life and the, the, you know, the family that my husband and I are building together? Um, one thing I didn't mention, which probably would be great context for everyone is I do actually have an adult stepson. Okay. Um, he's 20. I entered into his life as a teenager. Um, my husband had him when he was pretty young. And that's actually a big reason why my husband changed his mind. He, we both absolutely adore his son, but the idea of starting over again as time has gone on has been really challenging for him. And I get that because, you know, he, he has spent his entire adult life being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, I didn't really have that same experience, right? So would I regret not having that experience in my life? Um, That's something that I would have to take on and accept and acknowledge individually and solely because it's not the same impact. One, because I'm female and not male. And two, because my husband does have a child. And then if we did decide to have a child, is that the right decision for us either? How is that going to impact me in so many ways? That particular element ultimately ended up falling on the child-free side, actually, Anna. (laughs) Um, And that's because at the end of the day, the way I see it is it would be more important for me to intentionally live a life where I can have an impact in a way that resonates for me than bring any sort of regret, resentment, et cetera, into a life that I can't adjust or change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think it stood out to me because maybe it's just as humans, it can feel like a decision is right or wrong, you know, and we search for the right answer. But I remember in college, a professor said, there's no right or wrong. There's just different journeys and, or something like that. And that has always stuck with me and it's just a much more liberating way to approach a big decision and having children. It's very, you do, or you don't. One thing that may help, uh, and I, this wasn't in, in the baby decision book, but I did do a fair amount of external research online and all of that about different feedback. I mean, I think we probably all have, if we've gone through the, you know, thinking about this decision in one way, shape or form. And there are kind of two elements that stuck with me. I think the reality is anytime that you pick a choice, um, you will have moments of regret for not picking the other choice. It's like you said, it's human nature. There's no way around that. It's sort of the grass is always greener concept. Part of the reason that I took such an intentional approach about making this decision was to minimize that, frankly. Mm. So that was, that was really important for me. The other thing that really stuck out to me is, and I apologize, I can't remember where I saw it at this point, but I did read that oftentimes when you ask older women what regrets they have in their life, they don't even mention the decision to be child-free or not. It's only when you ask them directly if they ever regret that decision that they say, well, sure, because again, it's human nature to occasionally regret whatever decision it is that you didn't choose. 
you can minimize that as much as possible by being thoughtful and intentional and really getting to what matters to it will, the proverbial you, uh, what matters to you internally as opposed to, and eliminating all of that external um, influence as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting study. Another thing that stood out to me in your list of reasons was you had some feelings regarding the fact that you would be carrying the child-free label and your husband wouldn't because he has a child already. Do you want to speak to that? And if that has shifted at all or, and how you feel about the term child-free? I actually don't mind the term child-free. That actually kind of brings me to the third thing I did. I will be perfectly frank with you. I still feel a little bit of resentment that I have to go through that by myself. Mm. Um, But I think that's the reason why it's so important to have a community like this, because really you aren't alone, right? At the same time, it has enabled me to be more confident standing on my own, because that is something that I do own and move forward with individually. And I think particularly in this decision, um, because we as women carry so much of the burden to choose to be child-free or not. Um, And I understand that it is a partnership decision. It is not solely a woman's decision or vice versa. Um, But at the same time, societally, much of that burden is still carried by us. That's just, it's enabled me to feel stronger, more confident and more comfortable in expressing how I feel about that because it's something I've had to come to terms with on my own. Yeah. I think Um, that's a really powerful example. The final thing that I did do, which made a huge impact for me, Anna, um, is after I put together my list of reasons, I did have a few reasons that came up that were pro-child that were internal. I think that inevitably we all probably fall somewhere on that spectrum. Thinking back, I think that's how we actually first connected because it was that whole, you know, I've known I've wanted to be child-free my whole life as opposed to this is a decision I've come to. And I was struggling with resonating with that. I've known I've wanted to be child-free forever because I haven't. What I also decided to do simultaneously or as a result of that work is I I went back in and looked at all of those reasons I wrote down that I wanted to have a child that were internal. And I looked for other ways to satisfy the driving forces behind those elements. So I came up with a list of 10 different things that I'm trying to intentionally do to satisfy those elements of my life. So that nurturing personality without it necessarily needing to be kids. And I am finding that I have so much more enjoyment, satisfaction, freedom, and flexibility. And frankly, I'm just happier doing it in a way that I choose to. um, And that has been intentionally built out of trying to kind of target those values that are important to me in a different way. Zooming back out, it's like you took the time to figure out what all your reasons for and against having children were internal, external. You had the conversation, the practice of verbalizing it to see like what actually came out stronger in like a debate almost, and Mm -hmm. then realized your decision to be child-free and looked at your own values and those parts of yourself that are nurturing and how to fulfill that in a way that doesn't involve biological kids. And I think that that is so important because it's not like you're like, okay, I'm not having kids. 
that part of me just will never be satisfied. You're like, let's think outside the box. How can I fulfill these needs and this side of myself and still live this kind of full rounded life in a way that feels true to me? Exactly. So I've done that in a couple of different ways. Would you be interested in me sharing some of the the ways that worked for me? Okay. (laughs) You know, not unlike you, Anna, I'm in the process of starting my own business. Um, I have kind of two elements going. So I mentioned earlier that I struggle with tension headaches. One of the best ways that I've found to manage that is through a holistic wellness lifestyle model, which looks at your physical, emotional, um, social, spiritual, intellectual, occupational, environmental, and financial health. And I know that seems like a lot, but the purpose of this type of um, structure to living is not necessarily that you need to meet everything all at once, but it's about just being mindful about not ignoring a certain element of that for too long because it ends up manifesting through physical ailments as a result of stress or just creating this additional tension in your life that goes unaddressed. What I found when I discovered this model is I actually was able to be headache free for five months by following it, which is incredible. And can Mm -hmm. you set the stage for us? What had been the longest you'd gone without a headache before that? (laughs) Two weeks. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Very quickly looking back, I tried multiple things to manage my headaches. I ended up going to the migraine clinic at UC San Francisco, um, which is one of the top migraine clinics in the country. They really couldn't help me. They ended up putting me on Naperson, which is is prescription strength ibuprofen. And to manage my headaches, I would have to take up to 3000 milligrams a day, which is astronomical. And this was the only way that I could kind of keep them in check. I didn't love it, but I did it for years. Until one day, my now husband, when we were just friends, had me take a wellness test, a wellness screening with him. It was a free wellness screening. He's like, come on, let's do it. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, my liver was failing. I had no (sighs) idea. And it was because of the naperson. So I stopped taking it. And within three months, my liver had completely recovered. Oh my gosh. Um, And so I needed to figure out another way to manage my tension headaches. And I went through a lot of different processes, anti-inflammatory diet, like all of this stuff. And ultimately what I found was just this simple methodology of being proactive and mindful and how I was showing up on a regular basis and not neglecting one of those areas for too, too long did a tremendous amount for my health. So that's actually one of the reasons that came out of the process is obviously having children is incredibly stressful. I know that I have a low threshold to get triggered, um, which results in headaches, which means that ultimately I can't be um, the primary caregiver at those points in time because I'm out with a headache and my husband has decided he doesn't really want children. So what kind of a dynamic is that going to leave in our relationship? right? So kind of brings it all around. But what this has created for me is a space to be able to lean in there. I do a lot of work on holistic wellness. I'm very, very passionate about helping particularly other women who struggle with physical manifestations of stress, figuring out how to kind of get control of that themselves. We see a lot in the market as far as wellness programs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's only you who can truly impact that. So that's really important to me. 
And then what I focus on since time is a precious resource is I focus on what I call power plays, which are activities that target more than one of those facets of holistic wellness so that you can kind of, it doesn't take as much time or as much of a specific resource to get where you need to be. One of the ways that I found out that that shows up most importantly for me is in um, hand stitching cards. So, and I know you've seen my work there. Yes. So I hand, hand stitch cards for milestones and whatnot. And that's really important to me because it's a way for me to connect with friends and really be thinking about them. So socially really important. Mentally, it gives me something to do and be completely present in and sort of get out of my own head. Um, I would say if you've probably learned anything today, it's that I spend a lot of time in my head, which is not <laughs> yet, which I need a break from sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just like playing around with new patterns and, and new designs. And what I ultimately decided to do is I decided to create kits to enable other people to utilize this as a means to take care of themselves across multiple facets as well. So that's what I do. I do holistic wellness. Um, and I also have this sort of like artistic creative bend, which is just my, um, my depiction of my major power play, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And these are ways that you fulfill and round out your life in a meaningful way as a child-free. It is. Person. So one of the things that I am looking at doing right now is um, going into, because I have a very strong nurturing personality. Um, it's about for me going into after to do teach this in after school programs, as well as going into retirement homes. So I have spent a lot of time writing letters through program nonprofits like Letters for the Elderly to sort of these communities. Um, and I'm really excited to actually go in and bring the community together around this activity now. So that's, that's one way that I really am getting to show up and fulfill that side for me. Oh, that's so cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. You know, beyond that, one of the things that's really important to me is that connection with my partner. We've been spending more time intentionally getting away and spending time just connecting. For us, you can kind of get lost in the day to day. Yeah. We love just going for drive, finding a small town. I live in Oregon in the United States. We have a lot of small towns up in the mountains here um, mm. on lakes and all of that. So we will literally just take a drive to go find a place to have lunch. And we talk the whole time and we just get the, to this really lo great level of of closeness and connection that wouldn't exist otherwise because you've just got so much going on and you're trying to plan everything out and all of that. And then I am a big pet lover. I have a dog and two cats. Yeah. Uh, they are my heart. So I appreciated your uh, JD Vance comment. Cat ladies are taking <laughs> the world. I am certainly doing my best over here. <laughs> I got to get on that. The other thing I've really been focusing on is um, making sure that I take regular trips annually to see my friends who have young kids because kids are still really important to me. We do not have any kids in the next generation of my family. So I'm one of three and none of us have children. I have just decided to be a really great friend aunt, um, which yes. I imagine resonates for a lot of other people. Most of my friends are not in the same geographic area as me. The amazing part is without having to pay for kids, I have the money to go visit them and get to know their kids right? Uh, and the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of balances out in a way. It sounds like you're able to have more money and more flexibility to do the traveling to them while they're maybe in this phase of parenthood where they're 
a little less mobile and time constrained with little ones. Mm -hmm. And that is a fulfilling way to continue to nurture those friendships and relationships and also be a friend aunt, which is really fun. I'm in that camp where I enjoy it too. I know not all child-free people enjoy kids, but I happen to as well. Those are just a few of the ways that I'm showing up and trying to be really intentional about making sure that those areas like the nurturing side, which came up for me as pro-child internalized are fulfilled. I'm curious if you have any advice that you would share with someone who's on the fence, not quite sure what to do, how to go through that. I would say just start writing. I, I want to say it's getting out of your head, but it's not really. It's about getting what's in your head out on paper so that you can really process it and look at it um, and figure out what works for you. Mm, yeah, I think that is important. There is something about when our thoughts are swirling in our head, they can just ruminate. I love the idea of getting the thoughts out of your head, making them more concrete and I think it brings a whole nother level of awareness when you get them out of your head and onto paper. There is something really powerful in the act of writing. And I think that's really, really great advice. Verbal processing can be really powerful too, but also like if you're not in a space to do that, then writing can be really mm -hmm. powerful. One of the things that I was mindful of, and um, I appreciate your comment on verbally processing because I do have a few trusted friends that I tend to verbally process things with. I found that at the end of the day, this decision is solely mine. Mm -hmm. My friends will end up putting their influence or their objective objectives in there. And I appreciate them for it, but I had to really look at that and say, okay, well, is that what I want and need? Or is that just going to keep me spinning? And so that was a really important distinction. I mean, to the point where I didn't even talk to my husband for the two days that I was doing this, I wanted to get all of that external influence out. And by doing that, I don't question my decision because I know that it came a hundred percent from me. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I think that especially as people who are recovering people pleasers, that external influence feels even more hard to separate out, especially with this topic of having kids or not, you can only make it for yourself and feel good about that at the end of the day. Otherwise, like you said, there's room for resentment. There's room for things to creep up down the line in your relationship. And I just think that, yeah, having even friends who care or your partner who wants to be supportive, it's so hard for them not to put their own lens on it um, and to really give you non-judgmental space. So I think that you highlighting that and taking the space to process it alone is important. It was very hard to do. I felt a lot of anxiety in the process um, because I do want to go to other people and share that, um, but it was incredibly important. And I think another thing um, to mention that may be beneficial is my husband still doesn't fully believe me that I've made this decision for myself. We had a lot of conflict early on about it. Well, particularly as he changed his mind and I hadn't quite come along on that process. So we did have quite a number of arguments about this specific topic. He still, he's a little gun shy. Um, he's not totally sure that I'm bought in, but the thing is at this point, because of that work, that's okay. Because I know where I sit and he'll, he'll figure it out. Eventually. It's not my responsibility to control when or whatever he figures it out. But at the same time, 
I feel so much more at peace. I'm no longer coming to him with that conflict and trying to resolve it in that way. And so if you have someone in your life, who's just not hundred percent sure that you have actually made this decision for yourself, like doing this work, you know, you have, and that's, that's gotta be okay for you for a bit. Yeah. I think that self connection piece is so huge in all areas of your life. Our relationship with ourselves is the most important. And when we have confidence and peace there, it affects all areas of our lives. And we won't be looking for the external validation as much if we have it internally. And that's huge. I know we touched a little bit earlier. You were saying that it's part of the human condition to kind of regret a decision at some point in your life. In the six months since making this decision, have you doubted it? Have you second guessed it at all? How have you felt? I haven't. And I think that's the beauty of it because I I had so much turmoil for so many years about this particular topic. And I've been able to come to even like to the point where it was hard for me to be around my friends and their kids because I just caused so much turmoil for me and that like, we weren't there. We hadn't made this decision. Like, you know, I loved hanging out with their kids. I really, well, not all the time, but for the most part, I liked hanging out with their kids and stuff. And what I found is that over the course of the past six months, I don't find myself getting emotional about it anymore, particularly around other kids. Um, I can just be happy seeing them and spending time with them and be present. Uh, Similarly with their parents, I don't really feel a lot of that. I, you know, my husband came to his decision for different reasons than I did. I actually, uh, it's one of those things that we, I don't know if anyone else's partner does this, but he'll like try and convince me if you will, based on his decision-making. And it, it took him a while to realize, like, I needed to come to it at my own because the same decisions that he cared about, I just didn't care about as much. So We kind of go through that a little bit, but that's okay. I have felt very grounded in the decision since making it. Mm, That's really awesome. And I would agree. I think for me and my own experience, once I made the decision and just had that clarity and that like, this is what I'm doing, a lot of stuff cleared up. A lot of his mental mm-hmm. space cleared up a lot of, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to start creating my life path this way. And just so many things became simpler in a way. And also mm-hmm. eventually the more confident I became in the decision, the easier it was to have conversations with other people about this choice before I felt very insecure talking about it and very focused on, okay, what are people going to, how are they going to react? What are they going to think? How are they going to judge me? And not wanting to deal with that. Also the people pleaser in me, but as I got clearer and more confident in the decision, then, well, I created a platform (laughs) and I just started talking about it every day. You know, uh, (laughs) what's interesting about that is I found you literally weeks after going through this whole process or maybe a month after. So I still had to go through a fair amount of growing pain through that. And one thing that I know that this community has really helped me with has been, I'm still a conflict avoidant person and I still have particularly family members who are pretty confrontational about this particular decision. And that was causing me some anxiety. And it was really going to the community and saying, Hey, how have you dealt with, or what do you suggest in this type of a situation and getting all those different points of feedback and perspective and parsing out the ones that really resonated and worked for me to help me one, feel like I wasn't alone and having to approach it in a particular situation and two, come armed with a solution that worked for me. So I will share like for me, 
especially those difficult conversations was still, even though I had cleared internal space, that was still a space that was really challenging for me. And, and this community has really helped me a lot in that way. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And have you been able to have some of those conversations now? I have. Um, I still have a family member who is determined that I will regret it. And I think that that's just the decision that they have and they're going to feel that way. And nothing I say is going to change their mind and that's fine. I can just live my best life and they'll come around or they won't. And that as a traditional people pleaser has been a challenge to work through. Um, but it has been a very, very important distinction to make. Wow. Well, congratulations to you as a people pleaser as well. To be able to get to that point is huge and to do the work to get there is no small feat. So that's really impressive and good work. Oh, like, thank you. <laughs> that's a, that's a good place to be in. And it, it is so rewarding once you get there to be able to be like, okay, that's them. This is me. And to create the space and, and allow them to be, but to not let it affect how you're going to be and go about your life. I wouldn't say it doesn't affect me. I still feel badly. I'd prefer to get to a different spot, but that confidence in my own decision has enabled me to separate that out, which has been Mm. huge. Yeah. Mm. What would you say is the best part of your child-free life? Being able to pick up and go where I want. Well, (laughs) my husband and I do that. Um, So the way that he and I like to spend time together is I'm a consummate planner in my life. I do that at work. I generally do that. But the one place I don't do that is when we are on vacation or have some free time. I basically just make sure we have a car, a place to stay, and we figure out what we're doing each day. We not only do that vacation-wise, but we've been able to bring that into our own lives a little bit more. And that's probably been my favorite part because that's when we get get out of sort of the day-to-day and can really connect. And I can pick up and choose to, like I'm visiting a friend eight hours away, Labor Day weekend. We just decided there's no way I could do that otherwise. So I love being able to connect and be a little bit more flexible and agile in that way. Mm. That's amazing. Is there any advice or encouragement you'd like to share with our child-free listeners? I would say whether you've made the decision or you're still working through it, um, be kind to yourself and let yourself take the time that you need to get there. Um, It's a really, really big decision. And it's important that we um, get there each our own way such that we can feel comfortable and confident moving forward and get to that space of creating mental openness through that decision. I really love what you highlighted there. And I think it is so important to key in on how coming to this decision for your own reasons is so important. And it is what really enables that confidence and frees up the mental space, which will no longer be tied up in the indecision and and the doubts and the fears. And once you have that space and clarity and confidence, you're able to move forward in your life and and devote that mental space and energy to other things. And that is so important and so powerful. So thank you for bringing that full circle. And as we wrap up, how can people connect with you? (laughs) See, I did that too early on the front side. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So anyone's welcome to email me. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N at heartswell, H-A-R-T-S-W-E-L-L.org. You can also connect with me on Instagram. That is my preferred platform. Um, And that's at heartswell underscore KHB or heartswell underscore stitch 
Um, and I am always around and happy to help someone else um, work their way through this uh, really big decision. Yes. Thank you so much. That is so encouraging and helpful. And I will have your information linked up in the show notes as well. So people can see that there. And, um, are you, is there going to be a second edition of your, um, holistic wellness workbook coming up? Yeah. Um, so I have holistic wellness pocket workbooks, um, which I had shared one with Anna. Um, they are now up on Etsy, um, and you can find them through my heartswell underscore KHB Instagram page. Um, so what I love about these little workbooks, um, it's the process that I generated to get to that five months headache free myself. And it helped me so much. It took two minutes a day to just kind of see where I was sitting. I, my, gut feel is that most people know how they should show up for themselves. Um, but it's hard to just be accountable each day. Um, I don't love the idea of people spending a ton of time doing a bunch of worksheets and processes when they could be spending that time actually doing the activities that, um, treat them well. So yeah, I have a pocket workbook for that. I have a digital download version of it as well. So if people would prefer to have it digitally, I have that. And then I am in the process of putting up a digital eight week course to help people kind of figure out what that looks like in developing out their life intentionally, building those habits and being mindful across those facets. Oh, fabulous. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really helpful for people. So Kristen, thank you so much for being on today. I loved hearing your process and the way you work through this. And I think that it's really a really powerful example and such an intentional way to get to a clear decision for yourself. So thank you for sharing that and for sharing your experience. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, Anna. Absolutely. All right. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow me on Instagram. My handle is Coach Anna Olson. And be sure to subscribe so you're up to date with the latest episodes.